Will we see some changes to Auburn's starting lineup against LSU? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's episode brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate. We're celebrating it today with Auburn observers, Justin Ferguson. Weird game coming up tomorrow. We were talking about it a little bit before we clicked record, but sounds like we're probably going to see some changes along the offensive front. Reports coming out that Brandon Council probably starting at center. I like it, all things considered. What's your yeah. response to that? Yeah, it's interesting because I think Auburn has multiple guards that they really like um, compared to multiple center options. Now that you're down to, you know, your third choice with, uh, with Tate Johnson are out for the next you know, six to eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Auburn continue to, to uh, rotate uh, Cameron Stutz and Keandre Jones. We've seen Alec Jackson a little bit more in the last couple of weeks. So you feel better about your guard options than necessarily dipping down into your center centerpiece. I, I I thought I thought last week when Jaleel Irvin got into the game, I didn't think anything he did necessarily was like like you couldn't see like a clear drop off or anything like that. But I think they're trying to figure off figure out like okay, what's the best five we can go with right now? And if it's getting another one of those guards in there and moving Council to center, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And also it's like. You've seen Auburn the first couple or the first few weeks of the season. I think there's been some really obvious like breakdowns in 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 pass protection where guys are coming in and running free. You know, I, I don't know all I don't know what all Auburn's issues are up front. I think it depends on the protection. I think it depends on the call. But like, yeah. you know, may, it, maybe there's something going on with IDing things before the snap. Maybe there's some things going on with communication. Council's played a lot of football. He's played some center before. You know, getting him on the field uh, in that spot, it might help some things for Auburn. It might, I mean, it's worth a shot. I think your offensive line the first four weeks of the season just has not been doing nearly as good enough as it, as it should in order for Auburn to have a chance to win games. So why not change some things up? So obviously this doesn't impact the tackles. It's still going to be Zaire and Troxel on the ends. What do you think this does for the guards? Do you think it's Keandre Jones and, and Cam Stutz? Or does Alec Jackson possibly get in there? I wouldn't be surprised to see like if they roll with two of them, you still see the third one of those guys pop up. What, um, well, I, they have. Are, are you have okay with afraid. rotating offensive linemen? Does that ever work? Uh, I mean, it, it it's had some things in the past where it's worked, um, but yeah, it's not necessarily something that you see consistently. I think it's one of the more of those things where it's like, hey, we've got these two guys here. I think in the case of Stutz and Jones, I think it's in the case of like neither of these guys have kind of separated themselves. Yeah, and maybe you're trying to find some of that. Um, but at what but point, think that Ferg is, is the like deeper you get in the season. Yeah, yeah, the deeper you get in the season, you just don't you don't pr- want to do that anymore. So, I mean, I wouldn't rule anything out on the on the Auburn offensive line. I'm there like, with Stutz you. did play did Stutz did play some left guard in camp. Um, so that's like a side of the ball we've seen him rep at. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Stutz and Jones, and you see Jackson if you need him. Um, but then again, like you know, uh, Keandre Jones. 
um, you know, didn't play much uh, there. Might not have played at all, I think, against um, a Missouri. I think you saw Jackson more instead of him. I think you're right. I'm right. Yeah, so, I mean, there might be something there to that as well. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if any of those uh, those three, any combo of those three is the one one you go with. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is following, you know, a, an injury. Uh, Auburn's starting right. center, I'm using air quotes if you're listening on audio, starting center goes down, and so you got to respond to that. But I've said this earlier in the week, Ferg. I've, I probably said it last week, too. Where at some point with the offense, the offensive line, the receivers, really everything but the running back, Making changes just for the sake of making changes because what you're doing right now isn't working. I'm all about. So I, I know this is yeah. this is in response to something negative, but I think it needed to be done anyway. Yeah, no, I I, I think so as well. And I think offensively, big picture, you got to change some stuff up anyway. Um, you know, four games of the season, you kind of are who you are in terms of your personnel. Mm. You know, things can get better, guys can get better, but like. It's going to be hard to say, like, okay, well, here's something magically new that we just discovered here this week, or, you know, we've been holding back. I don't think you're in that in that that zone anymore. Um, can Auburn figure out ways to help out Robbie Ashford more? Can Auburn figure out ways to manage their offensive line, find ways to just get it done without necessarily, um, you know, opening themselves up to the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. I think one of the easier ways to fix is Auburn. I think Auburn's got to find ways to, to run more on the outside. They're between the tackles. Runs this year have not been good at all, especially last week. Um, and you know that Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter and those guys have some speed to hit the corner. So, like, there's stuff like that you can always tweak and you always improve. Um, I don't think Auburn's just going to kind of keep keep going to the same old, same old, uh, but it's just like how much are they going to change at this point in the year is, is a valid question. Yeah, and I'm there with you, and I kind of thought we would see more of that scheme change last week against Missouri, and I mean, obviously I'm, outside runs are one thing, but also like getting the running backs involved in the passing game, like quick passes to the outside, whether it's like a swing route or you know passing the ball to wide receivers behind the line of scrimmage, which is essentially just an extension of the run game. I think Auburn needs a lot more of that, but we just haven't really seen it. Well, there was one pass behind the line of scrimmage last week to Coy Moore, and that's when he, like, reversed field. I can't think of another one if there was one. There's There might have been a couple more, but not very many that, that were completed or, you know, worked. Um, yeah. I uh, Yeah, the other thing is, is, like, the Missouri game, as I wrote in the film room earlier this week, like, Missouri blitzed nearly 70% of all plays. They were sending their linebackers. They were very aggressive. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter if it was a run or a pass. Those guys were, were crashing downhill. And it's like, okay, well, how do you counter that? Quick stuff over the middle, you just didn't see it nearly as much. Yeah. Um, you had that you had that good completion to uh, Amari Kelly in the red zone. But that was kind of it. That was kind of it for that. So, you know, uh, LSU's defensive front's a, a lot better. They're a lot more versatile than what Missouri's got. They've, they've got really good playmakers who – can stand up and move around and put their hand in the dirt and all that. They're going to try to do some of the same stuff that Penn State and Missouri have done the last couple of weeks, which is, you know, walk a bunch of guys up, move them around, shake them, shake them up a little bit. Who's dropping? Who's who's going? And like try to confuse. Yeah. Not only Robbie Ashford but Auburn's offensive line. So like, do you have some built-in counters for that? Because I would imagine LSU is going to be pretty aggressive. Right. Are right, you mentioned Amari Kelly? We talked about changes on the offensive line. Who are some other guys that we want to see more of going into LSU 
and moving forward. We touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. It is the easiest way to play fantasy sports, fantasy football, daily fantasy, season-long fantasy. It's where you need to go. It is so easy to get started. You can download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com and sign up today. It's available in 31 states. Alabama and Georgia are both included in that. That's uh, where most of you are listening. Louisiana, I don't think. I know a lot of people in Louisiana are listening this week. I don't think it's available to you guys, but try it. And let me know multiple ways to play. You can do drafts against other folks, whether it's daily or for the whole weekend, bunch of different ways to play, or you can pick higher or lower. They'll give you a player and you can pick if they'll overachieve or underachieve essentially. And you can make a slip out of that and went up to 20 times what you're wagering. It's so, so fun. So sign up with promo code locked on and underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 Deposit 100, get 100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in your app store or the Google Play store. Get in on the college football pick action today. Justin, we, we talked about Council possibly having a different role, but you mentioned a guy like Amari Kelly. It kind of surprised me when we saw him in that early in the game. But who are some guys that you want to see more of in this LSU game and then just kind of moving forward? Uh, you know, this one's obvious, but like Javarius Johnson didn't get a target against uh, against Missouri. And it's, it's like weird. he was out there. He was running routes, but yeah, find a way to get the ball in his hands a lot more because he is uh, number six in the SEC this season in um, yards per route run. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one of the top players. And I think he's number seven right now in yards per catch. He's very efficient. He's arguably the most efficient player you have on your offense. So, like, get him the ball in his hands. A lot more. Um, Landon King is a guy that has only been targeted a couple times, but <laughs> a guy that uh, made, makes really good catches when he's on the field. I think it's a lot of the wide receivers. And, look, I, Auburn's tight ends are deep, and they're experienced. And, like, John Samashanker is out there a lot and getting a lot of targets. Um, but against Missouri, when Auburn had multiple tight ends on the field, they averaged less than a yard a play. Mm. And I think, I think when you have – I think when you have a guy like Robbie Ashford out there and you're going to operate a lot more naturally in shotgun sets, spread things out, like manipulate the defense a little bit more, put more wide receivers on the field, spread it out, create more room. That helps your offensive line. That also helps a quarterback that I think is just more comfortable in that, in that environment. So like rotate some of those wide receivers in a little bit more. The tight ends, there's a lot of experience. I know you want to get those guys on the field, but statistically they're not being nearly as efficient as pass catching options. You're not the, Quarterback's got to get the ball to him, of course, but you're having more success with your receivers, um, you know, on the whole this season. And even some of these young guys we haven't seen as much, like Landon King, like Amari Kelly, like Cameron Brown, um, you know, uh, Chick Dawson. Like, you know, there, there, are, there are a number of those guys that statistically, the numbers say, like, the more those guys are on the field, the better your offense has usually been. Yeah. But – I think there's some of that where you're like, if you're Auburn, you're still trying to do what you set out to do at the beginning of the year is kind of be a little bit more pro style. I just think with the offensive line and with the quarterback change at this point, you're probably better off operating some in space and 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 in like 11 personnel and stuff like that a lot more. Let's go back to the Missouri game. A couple of the best drives Auburn had all, all, all game were when they were kind of in pseudo two-minute mode and they were throwing yeah, and yeah. running and kind of doing that stuff. 
that's not new. We've seen Auburn offenses under Gus kind of be in the same case. And it's just like, all right, how much do you adjust and how much do you put that? Like, they're still going to run between the tackles. They're still going to go under center. They're just going to use multiple tight ends on the field. I'm not saying abandon it. Mm. I'm just saying maybe the ratios can be tweaked a lot more, especially coming off of a game like the Missouri game where you only had 217 yards of offense. Yeah, and I was going to bring up tempo next. I mean, it, it didn't take a whole lot of research and study and observation to realize, oh, Robbie Ashford seems way more comfortable when they're moving quicker. And mm-hmm. do you think that'll be something we see more of when it's not a two-minute drill situation? Because, like, I just don't believe that we will see that. I, I don't either, just, just because it's like, I think they're going to try to help their defense out as much as possible because Auburn's offense is too inconsistent at this point in the year to be like, all right, let's go hammer down. And then if you go hammer down, it's like, well, that's that's a three and a half that took 20 seconds instead of like two minutes, right? Like that is, I think, some of that you have to keep in mind. Well, the, the Chip um, Kelly's whole thing back when his offense was killing in Oregon and then even in the NFL with the Eagles, they wouldn't do the tempo until they got that first first down. It's like a guest thing as well. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, pr- pretty common. So, you know, maybe that's the way to to counteract that. But I, maybe I'm with you. You can go fast out, off of explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good compromise. I think, I think more teams need to do that because it's like, all right, hey, you got the defense scrambling a little bit. Let's push the, let's push the pace a little bit. But, um, yeah, no, I think on a, on a play per play basis, I think Auburn's going to want to take their time. They're going to want to play ball control. They're going to help their defense out because, they don't want their defense to to wear down, uh, and they know that's kind of the strength of their their game. Also, this is not a team I don't think that is throwing the ball nearly as consistently enough to, you know, justify doing that as much as like, hey, even if even if the plays aren't over, like even if you're not busting five, six, seven yard runs every single play, yeah, running the ball and working the clock a little bit, it's going to be in their advantage. It's not sexy, but like it's. It's kind of survival mode right now for this offense. Yeah, no, I think survival mode's a good way to put it. The The LSU defensive front, though, really concerns me in this matchup. Oh, yeah, they're both, nasty. Both they're from, nasty. A, from a rush defense perspective and a pass rush perspective. And just any way you can do to, like, make them more fatigued, I think you need to find a way to do it. And I think Tempo would definitely help with that. But still, you, you're right. I mean, there's too many inconsistencies when you look at all the variables that go into running that successfully. But once again, I think you just need to try stuff for the sake of trying it at this point because what you've done so far has been terrible. Jay Ferg, I'm going to get your thoughts on like specifically the second half. I mean, I think, I think mm-hmm. it was Nathan King that put out a tweet that was like the second half scoring outlook uh, in the last like five or oh, six yeah. games against P5 opponents. That's bad. It, yeah, they haven't like scored uh, seven points. In the second half uh, against any of the like the last five yeah. or six P five, and opponents. Justin Hugginson had that stat where it was like Auburn hasn't converted a third down in the fourth quarter since the uh, the end of the Mississippi State game. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, that one's that one's wild as well. How does it get that bad? How does it get that bad? Great question. Um, I, I mean, think- that that is like historically awful. Yeah, it's real. It's really rough. I, I think it's a combination of factors. I think it's the fact that. Since Bo Nix has gone down, this has not been any sort of an efficient offense. You're yeah. not getting consistent enough quarterback play for one, um, and it's really exposing some a lot of your weaknesses, especially on the offensive line. But I also think as well, it's you know, there's some of it where everybody will just say like, well, adjustments, uh, you know, a, a adjustments to 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 your offense. And I think you can tweak some things and change some things, 
but you got to be, I think, a little bit more proactive on, on some of that. Like, if you're that bad after halftime, the defense is doing a lot better job against you. Okay, in the chess match as a coach, what are they doing more of? And, like, can you – are you doing enough, right? Are you doing enough schematically? Are you doing enough mm-hmm. in terms of tweaking in order to stay ahead or try to stay ahead as much as possible? I think there's part of it. I think everybody's wanting to talk about second-half adjustments and doing that this week. And I get it. I 100% get it. And I think it plays a part into it. But I also think it's just, like, this is not a good offense. And the more info the other team has on a bad offense, the deeper you get into the game, the more they know kind of what it's what's giving you a harder, harder time. So – it's it's kind of a both and situation, much like everything with this offense. Like, you know, uh, what Auburn can do schematically can be a whole lot better. Absolutely, what Auburn is doing a whole can do in terms of execution can be a whole lot better. Absolutely, like if you have anything to do with this Auburn offense, whether you're a coach or a player, you got a lot of work to do yeah. um, to get better. And I think the second half is just where that's really been exposed. Yeah, and I've seen some folks talk about like, oh, it's conditioning. And there's a joke about running stadiums or stairs in here somewhere if you want to make it. But just watching, like, it doesn't seem like it's a fatigue issue. It doesn't seem like this team is, like, beat up or, like, physically weak in the fourth quarter. It's just guys aren't winning battles. And, and I don't know. I don't think it's solely a talent thing. I don't think it's a solely a conditioning thing. But as a coach, I think if it was a, I think if it was a conditioning thing. To, sorry to interrupt, but I think sure. if it was a conditioning thing. I think you would see your defense fall apart in the fourth quarter. Good point. More, yeah, and, they're all doing the same and, workouts. That's a good point. But yeah, just as a as a coach, you've got to put guys in situations to win, and you haven't done it. Like you haven't done it at all, especially on offense. And so, uh, it's just it's been tough to watch because you hate it for these kids because they're putting in the work and they're doing what their leaders are telling them to do, and it's just like not turning into. Evidently, it's not even turning into third down conversions. I didn't even realize that. That is crazy. Since Mississippi State last year, you haven't converted a third down in the fourth quarter. That is wild, Jay Ferg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that was a stat from Hoke. I can't take any credit for that. Sure. Uh, when he tweeted that last Sunday, I was like, oh, like, my that goodness. One, yeah, that one was wild. Yeah. All right. What can Auburn do to slow down this LSU offense? How much of a concern are uh, Jane Daniels' uh, legs? And how can Auburn contain that? In just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn, Frisky Whiskey is the place to go for all of your adult beverage needs, whatever kind of beer, wine, spirits, uh, whiskey. uh, They've got you covered. Frisky Whiskey is about 15 to 20 minutes outside of the Auburn Opelika Lee County area, right? When you cross into Georgia, you will see billboards, pointing you in the right direction. You go into Frisky Whiskey, it's right off of the exit, and you'll see 10,000 square feet of selection, 10,000 square feet of value, 10,000 square feet of just really anything you can imagine when you go into a liquor store. Also, their their uh, their staff is extremely helpful, extremely knowledgeable, extremely friendly, but you cannot beat the prices at Frisky Whiskey. Try it off of I-85. So if you're coming into town this weekend, be sure to check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. To make sure you have the most lit tailgate you could possibly imagine. Thank you to Frisky Whiskey for partnering with Locked On Auburn. Justin Ferguson, our guest, as he is every Friday. Before we jump into how Auburn's defense can help them win this game tomorrow, uh, tell folks what they're missing out on at the Auburn Observer. Well, uh, this was a pretty fun week at the Observer. Uh, we did uh, film room on Auburn's offense uh, against uh, Missouri. 
And some of the stuff we talked about earlier, um, there's a lot that went wrong and there's a lot that should have gotten a lot better. But I think that's also like, hey, what kind of worked a little bit against Missouri and how can Auburn use that more? Also did a story on Auburn's wide receiver. Some of the stuff we were talking about earlier by getting those guys on the field more. Did a basketball story. Hey, guess what, fans? KD Johnson says he's going to be more explosive. He lost almost 20 pounds from the t- from this time last year. Wow. Um, and as someone who's, who's watched some practice here in this first week, I tend to agree. He does look more explosive. So a uh, story on that. Uh, did a preview of Auburn LSU and then talked some SEC football with my buddy Brody Miller from The Athletic. Uh, that was a podcast that went up on Thursday. Mailbag, huge mailbag out. It's always on Friday. And then we'll have coverage over the weekend. Whatever happens for Auburn and LSU and the fallout uh, that could happen from it or not happen. Who knows? Uh, AuburnObserver.com. It's $6 a month or $60 a year uh, to get everything we do. And like I always say, uh, whether it's a newsletter or a podcast, we email it to you so you can read and listen on your own time. Usually 6 a.m. Central Time most mornings. Yes, absolutely. Worth every penny. AuburnObserver.com. My uh, my annual subscription re-upped this week, and it, I did not even hesitate. I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you. I would love to hear that. There's a lot of people whose who's, uh, subscriptions re-upped either couple weeks ago or this week because of, of when we launched. Yeah. Also, real quick, if I can do a really, really quick plug. Go ahead. Um, we've got t-shirts at Homefield Apparel. Just Google Auburn Observer so t-shirt cool. and you can get it. Yeah. So cool. Get, check, check, check that out as well. Yep, for the brand. Absolutely. Um, all right, so how can Auburn slow down Jane Daniels? We talked about this a few weeks ago after San Jose State because they had a pretty mobile quarterback. Mercer did not really have a mobile quarterback. He still got out of the pocket consistently. Have you seen any changes with how Auburn is using their edge rushers, mainly Ekuliota and Derek Hall, and how they treat containment. I haven't seen a whole lot of a change. Am I wrong on this? I don't think I've seen a lot of a change. I don't think they've also been tested in that regard a ton. I think Eku and and Derek, and I thought Marcus Bragg played a great game last week against Missouri. What a surprise he's been. He's been great. Yeah, he's he is at a great great start. Um, yeah, I think Auburn's edge rushers are doing pretty well to start the year, and I think those are your guys that you want to lean on in this game. You want to be smart about you know the way they they rush the passer. Jaden Daniels can't run. LSU's leading rusher this season is Jaden Daniels. They have not been able to run the ball effectively. They've got an offensive line. Not saying they have as many problems as Auburn does, or as as many problems as Missouri had last week, but they're starting two true freshmen which is very, very rare, especially mm-hmm. in the SEC. And then they also were dealing uh, with an injury uh, on the interior that they're having to kind of shuffle some pieces around. You're on the road. This is their first true road environment. They played State at home. They played Florida State in, uh, in, in New Orleans. If the crowd's up for it, you can get it. You can get it because, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels, I don't think, not to disrespect the Pac-12 too much, even though I love doing it, um, don't think Jaden Daniels has been in an environment quite like a Jordan Hare at night yeah. when it's when it's amped up. So you hope if you're Auburn, it is amped up. Uh, and also, I think Auburn's defensive front is clearly the best ones they faced uh, this season. They really got after um, Florida State. Really got after Jaden Daniels in the in the opener. This is the key. This is the key for all Auburn's game. If, if Auburn can rattle Jaden Daniels, make some mistakes, force some sacks, get it ugly, get it sloppy, get it defensive, you've got an opportunity there because um, you're playing at home. Um, on the flip side, Auburn's own offensive line against LSU's defensive front might be an even worse matchup uh, for 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 the uh, for the offense in that sense. But yeah, no, I think this defensive front stepped up last week against against Penn State. Um, they didn't really affect the game. I mean, I'm sorry, they didn't affect the game too much against Penn State. They really did against Missouri. 
gave Auburn a chance to win. No, it's not perfect. No, they make mistakes. There's there's still some really weird issues, I think, Auburn with, like, getting plays in and, like, being aligned on some of these runs. Yeah. It's not going well there. Still giving up some shots downfield. But, hey, you gave up 14 points and, and a lot of three and outs. Like, they did enough to win that game. You're going to need that kind of defensive effort again to have a chance to beat LSU. And, you know, good thing is, is that Auburn's playing at home. So, that should – the defense should have a little bit more uh, edge to them because of the crowd. Yeah, at home, at night – against LSU, like it should be should be a rowdy crowd for sure. As far as ramifications of the outcome of this game, Jay Ferg, mm-hmm. if they lose, everybody's going to be calling for Brian Harson to get fired this weekend. Right. I right. do not think it will happen. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really don't know um, <laughs> what it looks like. It's, it's interesting because... It's interesting because Auburn doesn't have a permanent AD in place right now. I do think Auburn is trying to move towards getting a permanent AD here in the next few weeks, months, just to. It seems case, like it seems in, like the decisions. In case there needs to, it seems like the decisions already been made from like an AD standpoint. They just have to like do formalities. Is that the vibe you're and getting? Then, and it's like I think they want to have somebody in place if they do make a hire. Like I think they're I think they're going to want to have something like that. I think Georgia Tech's currently doing the same thing right now where it's like we're going to hire an ad and then we're going to hire a football coach off of that so like there's some of that you got to deal with as well it's interesting right because i'm going to lay out a scenario for you here if auburn loses to lsu this weekend what would you rather do if you're all if you're auburn would you rather have an interim head coach go into athens or would you rather wait for that interim coach to have their first game maybe after an off week Maybe heading an old miss. Who knows? The one thing I the one thing I want to think is interesting is if Auburn doesn't play well at all against LSU and it doesn't and they lose, go back to what Nebraska just did with Scott Frost. Nebraska was about to play Oklahoma. Um and they fired Scott Frost earlier that week. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a question of like when you get into the Georgia game, do you want people to still be talking about Brian Harson or not? If he loses. And I think that's the decision you got to make because it's going to be rough for whoever's on the sideline, I think, in Athens. Because Georgia's the best team in the country, and it's a place where you haven't had any success in nearly 20 years. Yeah, going into the season, Ferg, I was really into, okay, as soon as you know that he's not it, move on. My opinion has changed after that because if you move on from him, you still have to pay him the same amount of money unless there's a negotiated buyout, which I don't know why he would do that. And then... Everybody's complaining about recruiting efforts. It doesn't help yeah. that. I don't think it fixes that at all. It hurts and, it. Yeah, if anything, I think it hurts it. I, I agree with you. Because, like, your interim's not going to be out there going as hard. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about all that. And then the whole, like, does it make your team better for the next three weeks if you fire Harson? Like, I don't think so. You know, if you think it makes and your I- program better from this year to next year, like, that's cool. But in the short term, like, I just don't think there's any difference between doing it now we're at the end of the season, and I think you actually, and maybe not like the literal end of the season, but closer towards the end of it, because I do think there's value in like getting on the market earlier than other people. But until the AD yeah. thing is done, I don't know why you would do it. That's a good point. It's like there is value in being being ahead of the game. You're now going to be number four in terms of power five teams. And I think Nebraska is really the only one that's in your ballpark in terms of what you can offer them. But um, it, as a, the status of, uh, of a program, yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, if you don't have a permanent AD in place, are you waiting for that? Is the interim crew going to be the ones, you know, who can who can push forward there? 
So a lot of decisions that have to be made. So yeah, I think it's one of those things where it could go either way. Um, I think the I think how it looks in a loss would mean a lot. Um, and I also think that you know it's so weird that like you know nine point eight point uh, dog for Auburn. Like if they win that game, they're like the weirdest four and one two and zero SEC team we've ever seen. Has right. Athens next week, and it just. I think, you know, going into back-to-back road games before an off week, I think that changes the dynamic a little bit if they do win this game. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. A lot, lot, can, lot can shift this weekend. I've gotten a lot of DMs and messages on Discord and comments on YouTube about asking my thoughts on who Auburn's next head coach will be. I'm not going to talk about that until it's done. Brian Harson is still Auburn's head coach. I'm not yeah. talking about any of the rumors or the short yeah. list or anything like that. If you read my if you read my mailbag, I kind of taken the same approach. Now there have been a couple of radio interviews I've done, and then I think our last podcast we kind of yeah moved into these waters a little bit more than I would have liked to. Yeah. So I'm kind of being hypocritical here, and I apologize for that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Like as long as you know, until and, and until a decision is made, I don't know how much value there is in talking about you know not, uh, what's going to happen next yeah. until that next is actually available to happen. And like I said, I've been hypocritical of that this week, um, even on my own podcast. It's hard not to, I, though, because, I mean, yeah, your subscribers want to know, right? Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what people are talking about. But I will say, like, if it does, if Brian Harson is not the head coach at Auburn next week, next month, next year, whatever, there will be plenty of time to discuss oh, yeah. all this. Yeah, it, it's not going to be quick. If it happens during the season, we're going to have months to talk about it, so... Yeah. Oh yeah, because you're probably not you're probably not getting anything until the end of November, early December. Yeah, because everybody that's on the short list has jobs. So, uh, one more time, you would, for, you would imagine that. Yeah, you would you, imagine the guy you're hiring should be coaching in some pretty significant games down down the stretch. You would think. You would think that would help. Um, that would Ferg, help. one more time, how can people sign up for everything you got going on? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com, six dollars a month to sixty dollars a year. Buy our shirts at Homefield. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of stuff this weekend. Whatever happens between Auburn and LSU, oh, yeah. win or lose. So uh, check that out. Yep, absolutely. I'll put that link to the home field shirt in the episode description hey, appreciate that. down below. Be sure They're to nice. check that out. Yeah, home field stuff. Shirt. Yeah, they, they do a good job. They do a good job. So, hey, be sure to tune in Sunday morning. Daryl Dapperich will be joining us for a little morning after action. Should be a crazy game to recap. You can read all my work at AuburnDaily.com. And we'll see you next time right here on Locked on Auburn.